Okay, let's get into it. Gonna be talking about Benjamin Netanyahu and him being a dictator instead of the uh, protector of Israel that he claims to be. Netanyahu threatens the U.S. with 9-11, with new 9-11 if Israel isn't given conditional support. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has threatened America with a new 9-11 if the U.S. government doesn't offer his un its unconditional support for Israel. During an appearance on Fox News with Sean Hannity, Netanyahu threatened the United States with death and destruction if Biden regime refuses to support Israel's genocide in Gaza. Let's hear from the man himself. We have to win, not only for our sake, for the sake of the Middle East, for the sake of our Arab neighbors. You know what? For the sake of Gazans who have been held by this dark tyranny that has brutalized and brought them nothing but bloodshed and poverty and misery. But we have to win to protect Israel. We have to win to safeguard the Middle East. We have to win for the sake of the civilized world. That's the battle we're fighting, and it's being waged right now. There is no substitute for that victory. It'll affect the other theaters that you mentioned as well. They say America is the great Satan, and we're the small Satan. We're just a small Satan standing in their way to get at you. Well, look at this. It's kind of like a pinky and the brain relationship. How, do, how many of you remember pinky and the brain? Okay. It's like this. Uh, pinky was the slow one, and brain was the diabolical uh the guy who draws up all the plans, okay? So Pinky was the brawn, brains was the the brain. Pinky and the brain. One's delirious, the other's insane. Yeah, like one's a genius, the other's insane. Yeah. So that's true, okay? And, you know, the government of Israel is going to be blunt. Synagogue of Satan. No other way to put it. United States is the uh, the bronze of Satan, the muscle, the enforcer. That's just how it is. Let's keep going. The great Satan, because they, you know what, all these radicals, these terrorists, these monstrous regimes and organizations, they say there's no difference between Israel and the United States. You are them and they are you because we represent these same values of freedom, Respect for human life. Respect. You don't. <laughs> the United States respects human life. Iraqi freedom, anybody? 9-11 has proved to be an inside job. That was nothing more than a ploy to get American soldiers to go over to Iraq to lose their lives for nothing. Okay. Um, Israel has a terrible history of mistreating the Palestinians since the late 1940s. Okay. Um, <laughs> woo, the lies, the lies, the lies, the lies. All you got to do is just search the information, people. It's, it's, it's public knowledge. Okay. Let's keep going. For individual liberty, they have nothing of that. They don't care for their people. They don't care for liberty. They don't care for life. They glorify death. They glorify murder. Remember what happened here. I mean, what, what happened here was that Israel was attacked, unprovoked, by a sea of terrorists who stormed into our communities, murdered and raped women, uh, burnt children. So Hold up. Hold up. Hold on a minute. That was proven to be false. Okay. Um... Joe Biden tried to say, oh, they were killing and killing babies and stuff, and then to find out that information was unfounded, so he had to retract that. Um, what about the government of Israel, who lets pedophiles into their country under order of return? You could look that up. Okay. You have rabbis that commit horrible acts towards kids, and nothing really happens in Israel. They just move to another synagogue and just say, I apologize. I'll never do it again. All right. This is something that's been going on for a long time. They want to talk about harming women and children. What do you guys do? Hmm? 
once again, take a look into that Talmud. You'll see how they think of people who are not um, who are not of them. How they think of you and everything else. All right. So who's going to win? Are the good guys going to win or the bad guys are going to win? And of course, we have to make sure that the forces of good, the forces of peace, the forces of progress and prosperity, they win and not the forces that. This sounds a whole lot like George Bush, his, his speech before, you know, before the United, the United States military entered into war with the Middle East. Very much so. This this speech, uh, the speech he's given on Sean Hannity, it, it sounds very much word for word. Very much so. That take us back to the dark ages. That's the battle, and it'll affect every single person, not only in the Middle East, but well beyond. Because if if Israel is imperiled, if the Middle East goes down, Europe is next. It's like ISIS. You know, people thought it was a local thing. It wasn't. It was a global thing, and it affected Americans. Hmm. Yeah. Got on the flashback. Every, every word that was coming out of his mouth was a flashback in 9-11. All right. DCClosedLine.com. Should Israel fail in war, Netanyahu threatened massive repercussions for the white majority world, including both the United States and the whole of Europe. If we don't win, then Europe is next, and you're next. And Yahoo said to Hannity and his viewers, and we have to win. Repeatedly throughout the interview, Netanyahu likened himself and the Jewish people to civilization, everything else to barbarians, especially the Palestinian people of Gaza. That Talmud is just spewing just out of his pores. You just hear the the um ethnocentric superiority just coming out of his mouth. Reiterating Israel's light versus darkness theme throughout all of this. Jewish state is always the good guy, according to Netanyahu, and while everyone else, mainly the Palestinians, are the bad guys. We have to have forces of civilization beat these barbarians because otherwise this barbarism will spread and will endanger the entire world. Netanyahu continued in his diatribe. Every American, every civilized country will be under peril. We have to win. There is no subtle for substitute for victory, total victory. As you can see with that total victory, that means genocide. As you may recall from the Judge W. Bush years, this is the same rhetoric that was used in 2003 to sell Americans and entering on entering the war in Iraq. We have heard a whole lot about light versus darkness back then as well, including the infamous weapons of mass destruction myth that was used to justify the takedown of Saddam Hussein. Then Yao has also used similar language over the years when referring to Iran and the nuclear threat that it allegedly poses to Israel. Again and again, Netanyahu has painted Israel as standing for what is right and good, and its neighbors and the rest of the world as standing for what is wrong and evil. It appears, though Netanyahu's strong language with Hannity was a response towards his of restraint recently uttered by Joe Biden, who said this week regarding the worsening humanitarian crisis at Al-Shifa Hospital in Gaza City. I have not been reluctant in expressing my concerns about what's going on, and it's my hope and expectation that it will be less intrusive action related to the hospital. All of this harkens back to the language also used by Vladimir Zelensky of Ukraine, trying to twist the arm of the America and the West to support his regime, or else you're next. Support neo-Nazis. Ive, it seems as though they're all reading from the same playbook. Pretty much, pretty much. You can see that the world is a stage. You start to, it really is. It really is the world is a stage and you got a bunch of actors and pawns. But let's dig deeper into this, shall we? All right. Okay, let's get into this. What's going on? What's really going on here? And who funded Hamas? And speaker, I'd like to yield two minutes. Fair use, by the way. Minutes to the gentleman from Texas, Dr. Paul. I, the gentleman I is the, recognized uh, for two minutes. Gentleman for yielding, and I ask unanimous consent to revise and extend my remarks. 
Without objection. Uh, Madam Speaker, um, I rise in opposition to this resolution, uh, not because uh, I am taking sides and, and picking who the bad guys are and who the good guys are, but I'm looking at this more from the angle of being a uh, United States citizen and American, and I think resolutions like this uh, really do us great harm. Uh, in many ways, what's happening in the Middle East, and in particular with Gaza right now, we have some moral responsibility for both sides, uh, in a way, because we provide help and funding uh, for both Arab nations and Israel. And uh, so we definitely have a moral responsibility, and especially now, today, the weapons being used to uh, kill so many Palestinians are American weapons, and uh, American funds essentially are being used uh, for this. But there's a political liability, which I think is something that we fail to look at because too often there's so much blowback from our intervention in areas that we shouldn't be involved in. You know, Hamas, if you look at the history, you'll find out that Hamas was encouraged and really started by Israel because they wanted Hamas to counteract Yasser Arafat. And you say, well, yeah, that was better then and served its purpose, but we didn't want Hamas to do this. You see the stupidity here? You see this? That's why Americans have to wise up and not get involved in these wars no more. Do not let your sons and daughters be pressured to go into the military because all you are is a pawn and a dumb animal for foreign policy, Henry Kissinger. Do not because they they fund terrorists, okay? And when those terrorists get out of hand and it seems like it's something that's way out of their control, now they, they're the bad guy. We're helping these terrorists out, but because they got big for their britches because you kept supplying them, okay? And they got out of control, now they're the enemy. But the real enemy is you. So then we as Americans say, well, we have such a good system. We're going to impose this on the world. We're going to invade Iraq and teach people how to be Democrats. We want free elections. So we encourage the Palestinians to have a free election. They do, and they elect Hamas. So we first indirectly and directly through Israel help establish Hamas. Then we have election. Then Hamas becomes dominant. So we have to kill them. You know, it, it just doesn't make sense. During Sound familiar? Hmm? Just like the president of Haiti at one time. All right. He was a banana farmer, by the way. I don't know how you ever wonder how a banana farmer would how, get successful and win an election. A banana farmer. Well, anyway, he didn't want to do their bidding. And allegedly. He got taken out by the United States. Just like in Africa. They got their puppet leaders, and as soon as they do something that is out of line, they get taken out. During the 80s, uh, you know, we were allied with Osama bin Laden, and uh, we were contending with the Soviets. It was at that time our CAA thought it was good if we radicalized the Muslim world. So we financed the madrasa schools to radicalize the Muslims in order to compete with the, with the Soviets. There's too much blowback. There's a lot of reasons why we should oppose this resolution. It is not in the interest of the United States. It's not in the interest of Israel either. Okay, so not in the interest of Israel, yeah, the citizens, but let's take a look into this now. Okay, one second.
Yep. Why Netanyahu helped fund Hamas and how that backfired for Israel. Benjamin Netanyahu led Israel, didn't create Frankenstein's monster. It's for sure helped nourish it. That is why Israel funneled Qatari money to Gaza as Hamas lulled it into a false sense of security and its citizens paid a heavy price for the miscalculation. Israel had pledged to destroy Hamas. It, however, ironically, that Israel's government under President um, Benjamin Netanyahu cautiously, consciously, I'm sorry, channeled funds to Hamas and helped it to gain strength and the power that it has today. But why did Israel do so? And how did its calculation go awry? Benjamin Netanyahu's government worked with the singular purpose of trying to prevent the formation of a Palestinian state. According to experts, it also sought to buy peace by giving Gaza residents a glimpse of a better life by funneling money and providing work permits. The issue of funneling Qatari money to Hamas by the Israel government was mentioned in public by Saudi Arabia's former intelligence chief, Prince Turk Al-Fawzi. In an address on October 20th, Al-Fawzi remarks came after Hamas terrorists on October 7th butchered over thousands of Israelis and took over 200 hostages. Al-Fawzi's statement surprised many as people couldn't make sense of the contradiction. Why would Israel fund funnel funds to Hamas in the first place? If Israel didn't directly create a Frankenstein's monster, it sure did help nourish it. <clears throat> that the Netanyahu government, Netanyahu government has been working against the formation of an independent Palestinian state has been clear for years. The creation of Israel settlement deep within the West Bank negates the scope of a two-state solution to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. I've said it before, these people have been mistreating the Palestinians since the late 1940s, okay? And they don't want to share the land. They don't want a two-party state. They don't want that. They'll lie to you in your face, okay? And do sneaky crap behind your back. Uh, have you in a sense of a false security to stab you in the back and mistreat you. Okay. They have been doing this for years. The West Bank is controlled by Palestinian Authority, which is led by Mahmoud Abbas. Gaza, the other Palestinian territory, has been under Hamas control since 2006 elections. Hamas ousted the Palestinian Authority Fatah in that election. That Israel Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu was against a Palestinian state was reported as recently as July by the Jerusalem Post. Palestinian hopes of establishing a sovereign state must be eliminated. Netanyahu told members of the Parliament Committee in a second door in a closed door meeting. According to the Jerusalem Post, Netanyahu's remarks came as he was discussing plans for a scenario that did not have Mahmoud Abbas at the helm of the Palestinian Authority. Netanyahu said that Israel needed the Palestinian Authority and shouldn't let it collapse. That is fine balancing that Israel under Netanyahu has been trying to do for years now, keep power centered between the West Bank and Gaza separate. Neither let the Palestinian Authority get strong nor allow it to collapse, and more importantly, prop up Hamas. The idea was to prevent Abbas or anyone else in the Palestinian Authority West Bank, West government from advancing toward the establishment of a Palestinian state, writes journalist Tal Schneider. In the Times of Israel. Thus, amid this bid to impair Abbas, Hamas was upgraded from a mere terror group to an organization which, with which Israel held indirect negotiations via Egypt, and one that was allowed to receive infusions of cash from abroad, writes Schneider. So uh, you guys are supposed to be good? You're supposed to be the good guys? Netanyahu? How could you be the light when you're doing things in the dark, which makes you actually dark. You're not the light, you're the dark. Hamas has several sources of funds, but money from Qatar is the mainstay. Gas-rich Qatar has been given hundreds of millions of dollars in aid to Gaza residents since 2014. At one point, Qatar spent 30 million per month to help operate Gaza's lone power plant. 
and support needy families and officials in the Hamas-run government, according to a Reuters report from October 2023. The Qatari money earlier transferred via the Palestinian Authority is now routed via Israel. Qatar transfers the money electronically to Israel. Israel and the United Nations of officials carry the cash over the border to Gaza in suitcases. Qatari aid to Gaza Strip is fully coordinated with, the, with Israel. The UN and the US writers were quoted, a Qatari government official was saying. Needy families in Gaza then received the cash and signed a document, a copy of which goes to Israel, Qatar, and the UN. Other than the funds funneled by Israel, Hamas uses a global financing network for support from charities and friendly nations passing cash through Gaza tunnels or via cryptocurrencies to bypass international curbs. Iran, Israel's bitter enemy, two funds and arms Hamas. <clears throat> Whoever is against the Palestinian state should be transferring the funds to Gaza because maintaining a separation between the Palestinian Authority and the West Bank and Hamas and Gaza helps prevent the establishment of a Palestinian state. Jerusalem Post quoted Prime Minister Netanyahu as saying in 2019, he argued that it was better to, for Israel to serve as a, as a pipeline to ensure the funds don't go to terrorism. Really? Israel, Israel believed that by, channel, uh, by channeling the funds to Gaza, it would cut off the Palestinian Authority and the money would go to the people, not into terror activities against it. Israel's other move to help people in Gaza was to offer work permits. The permits to travel to Israel for work and return at the end of the day increased to 20,000 in 2023 from around 3,000 in 2021. Journalist Tal Schneider writes that according to Israeli officials, these work permits that allow Gazan laborers to earn higher salaries than they would in the enclave were a powerful tool to help preserve calm. Hamas was also included in discussions about increasing the number of work permits Israel grants to Gaza residents, which kept money flowing into Gaza, says Schneider. In a recent post on X, Avi Eshkovov, Middle East commenter and photo creator, highlighted how thousands of Gaza residents worked in Israel and were treated in hospitals here. In fact, Israel withdrew from Gaza in July of 2005. Before October 7th, Gaza had an open border with Egypt of people for people who wanted to leave or fly. Gaza had electricity, water, fuel, food, etc. Coming from Israel and Egypt, 19,000 people went out every day to work in Israel. Thousands of people from Gaza were treated in Israeli hospitals. That wasn't an occupation or siege, so stop justifying terror, Avi Shandra said. Wow. All right. <clears throat> How Hamas used calm as cover. But Netanyahu's calculations would go horrifyingly wrong. Hamas somehow managed to lull Israel into complacency. In 2017, Hamas played a diversionary tactics by softening its stance on Israel. Hamas leader Khalid Mishel realized the, the policy document in 2017, which for the first time indicated a willingness to accept a Palestinian state along with Israel, although without recognizing the Jewish nation. It also said Hamas' struggle wasn't against Jews, but against Zionist aggressors. Since 2014, Netanyahu-led governments, led governments have practically turned a blind eye to the incendiary balloons and rocket fire from Gaza, writes Tal Schneider. Hamas kept training its terrorists often in plain sight. As the Israeli intelligence apparatus was led to believe that Hamas wasn't prepared for any attack and the economic incentives to Gazans were cushioning their lives. Hamas trained and dug a huge network of tunnels to smuggle and hide weapons, even as Israel kept funneling Qatari money to Gaza and making it stronger. This was a mistake of epic proportions. Political scientist Ayn Bremer said on X, Hamas was and is a terrorist organization with critical support from Iran, from, from Russia, and before October 7th, from the Israeli prime minister. This helps explain why so many Israelis are united, not just in destroying Hamas, but also in removing Netanyahu from office, adds Bremer. Wow. Ian Bremer says, those who want to thwart the establishment of a Palestinian state should support the strengthening of Hamas and the transfer of money to Hamas. This is a part of our strategy. 
He also says, this was a mistake of a proportion. Hamas was and is a terrorist organization with critical support from Iran, from Russia, and before October 7th, from the Israeli prime minister. This helps explain why so many Israelis are united, not just in destroying Hamas, but also removing Netanyahu from office. And I agree with them because Netanyahu is a maniac. You got intel from Egyptian officials three days before the Hamas attack, and you told your military personnel to shut down the Iron Dome. You sacrificed those lives for your own ambition. Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu has come under tremendous pressure and criticism after October 7th Hamas attacks, which have claimed the lives of 1,400 Israelis and are being described as Israelis 9-11. Israel's 9-11. If he is being slammed for the deadly attacks at home, abroad, he is facing criticism for the Gaza offensive. How Netanyahu steers his country in this moment of crisis and what stand he takes on the Palestinian statehood issue will determine the fate of both Israelis and Palestinians. That is some clown behavior, man. But let's look into uh, more on this issue. And more proof that basically it was a uh, inside job. inside job by the globalist elite who are working to ensure the Israeli false flag will light the fuse to ignite a holy war that will spiral out of control and lay the groundwork for the elite to usher in a one world government and one world religion. Rothschild admitted his family created Israel as part of the great master plan for World War III and now their agenda is playing out before our very eyes. But there's just one problem for the globalist elite and their plans to enslave the human race. Their plans rely on the people of the world remaining ignorant. And we're not going to let that happen. Blew, blew the whistle and admitted that the Hamas attack was a false flag. Then we broke the news that the son of a Hamas leader admitted that the militant group was created by the CIA to do the global elite's bidding. Since then, the evidence for the Israel-Hamas false flag is created by the CIA. What did I say before? Remember, don't join the military. Do not join the US military. They start asking for a draft. You tell them, hell no, you go into hiding, you do whatever you have to do. Because most of these terrorist organizations, these boogeymen that they have on mainstream media, they were created by the United States government. It's continued rolling in. At this point, only those who are still watching CNN are in the dark about the real nature of the Israel-Hamas war. There is no longer any need to wonder why Israeli military took seven hours to respond to the Hamas attacks on October the 7th. Netanyahu is a globalist stooge who's been quietly propping up Hamas for years. It's an open secret in Israel. Now footage has emerged of an Israeli Apache helicopter killing many Israelis at an October 7th concert in Israel. The government of Israel later blamed the killing on Hamas. In reality, Israel and Hamas were in bed together. It's kind of like 9-11. It's, it's 9-11. He let this happen so they could go into war. Pursuing the agenda of the globalist elite. Last month, far-left billionaire... Oh, yeah. And also the fact that anybody talks up, speaks out about it, you're anti-Semitic. Same thing with 9-11. You spoke up about how this was an inside job, how it wasn't the plane that crumbled the building. It was explosives. You know, witness testimony of the firefighters and the people who survived the Twin Towers explosion said it was explosives. Oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. George Soros was caught secretly funneling over $50 million to Hamas terrorists with the intention to destabilize the West. George Soros. Not surprised. Create he funded Black Lives Matter, a terrorist organization, a Marxist terrorist organization. And he's into Marxism. $13.7 million of the money was transferred to a Hamas links group called the Tide Center, according to the New York Post. Soros caught funneling over 15 million to Hamas to destabilize the West. Hmm. You gotta wonder why he's not arrested. But there's also someone else who's been funneling money. We'll get into that story soon.
posts. The Tide Center sponsors many of the extremist groups that have justified the October 7th terrorist attack on Israel. Soros's money is just a drop in the ocean for the Hamas leadership, who've been riding high on the globalist payroll for years now. While their people languish in poverty and are treated as human shields, the leaders of Hamas live billionaire lifestyles. The group's three top leaders alone are worth a staggering total of $11 billion and enjoy a life of luxury in the sanctuary of the Emirate of Qatar. Hamas runs an office in Qatar's capital, Doha, and its leaders maintain a luxurious lifestyle. So where did the billions of dollars in their bank accounts come from? Running an insurgency isn't the most obvious way to become a billionaire unless you're working on behalf of the globalist elite, implementing an important part of their plan to spark World War III and usher in a world government. The leaders of Hamas are valuable pawns in the elite's game, and they've been paid accordingly. After all, the world is at stake. After this quick break, we will reveal the document that reveals the plans of the hidden hands orchestrating this conflict from behind the curtain, detailing how the elites plan to launch three world wars to seize total control of humanity. A third global battle will be fought between the West and Islamic war leaders. Albert Pike wrote the letter 152 years ago, detailing how the elites plan to launch three world wars to seize total control of humanity. Pike was a 33rd degree Freemason occultist grandmaster and creator of the southern jurisdiction of the Masonic Scottish Rite Order, as well as a notorious Luciferian and a general for the Confederacy in the American Civil War. In his letter, he details how the New World Order will provoke a holy war between the Zionists and the Islamic world. He predicted three world wars. The first world war, he said, must be brought about, and I'm quoting from Albert Pike. The first world war must be brought about in order to permit the Illuminati to overthrow the power of the czars in Russia and of making that country a fortress of atheistic communism. The divergences caused by the agents of the Illuminati between the British and German empires will be used to foment this war. He says, quote, the Second World War must be fomented by taking advantage of the differences between the fascists and the political Zionists. This war must be brought about so that Nazism is destroyed and that the political Zionism must be, will be strong enough to institute a sovereign state of Israel and Palestine. He's now thinking about this Third World War, and it says that it will uh, be caused by the differences between the political Zionists and the leaders of the Islamic world. The war must be conducted in such a way that Islam, the Muslim Arabic world, and political Zionism, the state of Israel, mutually destroy each other. We've already seen what the New World Order has done with Islam. They've used it to foment a crisis, a clash of civilizations. And make no mistake, the New World Order is fomenting another crisis to achieve its goals. Albert Pike is recorded as saying, his military program might take 100 years or a little longer to reach the day when those who direct the conspiracy at the top will crown their leader king despot of the entire world and impose a Luciferian totalitarian dictatorship upon what's left of the human race. Pike seems to indicate that there's a conspiracy to start a war so that the Antichrist can ascend to his position as world ruler. Pike's letter also detailed the specifics of the first two world wars with chilling accuracy. World War I must be brought about in order to permit the Illuminati to overthrow the power of the Tsars in Russia and of making that country a fortress of atheistic communism. The Second World War will be fought for two reasons, to establish the state of Israel and to expand communist control over Europe. World War III must be fomented by taking advantage of the differences between political Zionists and the leaders of the Islamic world. It has all been mapped out. This is what we're dealing with. This is what we're dealing with. And a lot of people are distracted. They don't understand what's going on. They're just trying to survive. I get that, but people are going to think People don't think that this isn't going to spill into the streets, which it has already has. It's for a rude awakening, and a lot of people are not ready. But remember when I said there's also another person, a political figure that has been caught funneling money to Hamas? Here he is. Gavin Newsom. 
caught funneling millions to Hamas. California Governor Gavin Newsom has been secretly funneling millions of dollars to Hamas terrorists and radical Islamic groups, according to a bombshell new report. In January of 2022, the Newsom regime released $47.5 million to provide physical security enhancements to nonprofit organizations that are at risk at a high risk for violent attacks and hate crimes due to ideological beliefs or mission. At least 40 million from that funds has gone to mosques whose leaders cheer the annihilation of Jews and Israel, according to the report. The Gateway Pundit reports, despite California having a budget shortfall of 32 billion, Newsom confirmed last month that he would double funding for the program after the Hamas terrorist attacks on Israel that took place on October 7th. Wow. You have this type of money problems for California, but you are funneling money to terrorists. Wild. The Free Beacon reported that the recipients of the funds include Saji Islamic Society, where a preacher this month declared that Allah sent the rockets from Hamas or Hezbollah to strike Israel and praise Hezbollah leader Hassan Nasrallah. At another receipt mosque, the Islamic Society of Corona Nakro, a preacher claimed this month that it is a lie that Hamas attacks on Israel was unprovoked. If I hear that term, I'll go crazy, the preacher said. Unprovoked in what dictionary? At another, the Islamic Center of San Gabriel Valley, a preacher expressed support for the Palestinian brothers and sisters that are fighting Israel. Shame on you if you label them terrorists, he said. He also denied that Hamas murdered Israeli civilians on October 7th, saying, if you're going to make claim that Muslims kill innocent civilians, you better be able to prove it. At the Islamic Center of San Diego, which the Free Beacon noted was the home of the mosque of two 9-11 hijackers, an imam said resistance against Israel is justified. We cannot accuse somebody who is fighting for his life to be a terrorist. The terrorist is the one who started the occupation, not the one who is defending themselves, he said in October 20th sermon. Newsom has also funded mosques whose imams have previously called for the destruction of Israel. This is a guy who's also trying to run for president. He's, he is going to run. Masjid of Riverside, which is affiliated with the Islamic Center of Riverside, received 200,000 among the worshipers at the mosque was Saeed Rizwan Farouk, the perpetrator of the 2015 San Bernardino terror attack that claimed 14 lives. The Imam of the Islam Center of Riverside, Mahmoud Hamoush, is known for his violent anti-Semitic rhetoric. O Allah liberate the Arab mosque in Jerusalem and all the Muslims' lands from the unjust tyrants and the occupiers, he said in 2017 sermon, according to the Los Angeles Times. O Allah, destroy them. There are no match for you. O Allah, disperse them and rend them asunder. Turn them into booty in the hands of the Muslims. <laughs> oh, boy. Wake up. It's time to be a Muslim, he urged his listeners. Prayer is not the only thing. Oh, wake up. It is time to be a Muslim. He urged his listeners. Prayer is not the only thing. What? Uh, what is the other thing? Hmm? What is the other thing? Bombing, unaliving people, hmm. beheadings, like what goes on in uh, Sweden. At the Islamic Center of Hawthorne, which also received a $200 grant, Imam Hamdik Sadiq prayed last year, Oh, Allah purified the Al Mosque from the malevolence of the Jews. The Free Bacon reported that the grants have also been awarded to several Islamic advocacy groups, which allege links to Hamas. The Council on American Islamic Relations, which the federal government has labeled co conspirators of Hamas, received $135,330. Through Newsom's funding program, Newsom, who is regularly touted as the future presidential candidate, claims to be a supporter of Israel. Last month, he visited Israel in the wake of the Hamas attack, excuse me, to meet with survivors and government officials, sparking anger among many of his anti-Israel constituents. Brian Ferguson, a spokesman for California's Office of Emergency Services, told the Free Beacon that it is investigating whether any of the mosques in question have violated the conditions of their grants. If it is determined that they have, their funding will be immediately revoked, he said. As a matter of principle, the state of California rejects hate speech and discrimination in all its forms. 
Such speech is a menace to democratic values, stability, social stability, and peace. And we all know that is a huge lie. Okay. All right. So let's talk about what's going on, sadly, with children being involved as casualties in Gaza. tonight. Fair use. Two of its schools in Gaza became the latest targets in the war with children among dozens feared dead. The head of UNRWA, that's the Agency for Palestinian Refugees, says that 4,000 people had been sheltering in one of the schools. Well, let's take a look at today's key developments. According to the Hamas-run Gaza Health Ministry, at least 50 people were killed in an attack on the UN-run Al-Fahura school. The IDF says it's investigating. Hospitals across northern Gaza are struggling to remain open. Al-Shifa, which is Gaza's largest hospital, a primary target of the ground assault, is being evacuated. Well, the focus may soon turn to Han Yunis in the south, which could become the next front in Israel's operation. The IDF has put out a statement urging Palestinians in the area, area to move further south to the safe zone of Al-Mawasi. Our Middle East correspondent Alistair Bunkle has this report and a warning. It does contain some distressing images. Thousands of Gazans had fled to schools believing they would be safe from the fighting. But in the early hours of Saturday morning, two UN-run schools and the Jabalia refugee camp in northern Gaza were hit by missiles. These pictures, filmed in one school at first light, show the bodies of people killed as they were sleeping. Babies, toddlers, teenagers and women. It's not clear whether this was an Israeli airstrike or a failed Hamas rocket. The IDF has told us that they are investigating the incident. The wounded were taken to a hospital already struggling under the weight of casualties and a lack of medicine and fuel. Al-Shifa hospital in Gaza City is still encircled by Israeli forces. Doctors and patients were reportedly given an hour to leave. Some did, waving white flags as heavily armoured Israeli vehicles crossed their path. However, the IDF says that no evacuation order was given. We've uh, created a corridor for them to get out of the hospital and then to head south towards southern Gaza Strip. The area of the Mawasi is a safer zone uh, in order for people to get out of harm's way. The IDF has said that it has found weapons in the hospital but has shown little evidence yet of the alleged tunnel network underneath it. And Hamas today has accused Israel of lying and claims that Shifa Hospital was not being used as a command center. The falsity of their claims and lies therein is exposed, as they did not find there the alleged command or control room, nor did they find any of the other prisoners or officers there, let alone any of them. In the face of their security and military failure and psychological defeat since the 7th of last October, they committed more killing and destruction, which even affected the stores of medicines, devices and all medical equipment in the Al-Shifa complex. It's insane, man. It's insane what's going on. But here's something that is very weird that's going on right now. Something very odd to understand. Social media continues to surprise. Actually, scratch that. Social media continues to disgust. Guess what the latest trend on American TikTok is? Defending Osama bin Laden. And no, we have not mixed up the name. We are talking about the former Al-Qaeda chief, Osama bin Laden, the man behind the 9-11 attack. 
TikTok users in the U.S. are sympathizing with him. They say he was wronged by the United States, that his actions were justified. Now, I know you have questions. Like, how does someone even arrive at this conclusion? And why now? So first, let me tell you the backstory. In 2002, Osama bin Laden wrote a letter. He called it a letter to America. And in that letter, he gave reasons for plotting the 9-11 attacks. One of them was Israel. Bin Laden accused the U.S. of supporting Israel, of driving out Palestinians. Of course, that was not the real reason. The real reason was that Bin Laden was a radicalized mass murderer, a terrorist. But tell that to users on TikTok. They found the full text of this letter on The Guardian. They linked it to Israel's war on Hamas. And then they circulated it all over TikTok. Soon it became a hashtag. Hashtag letter to America. And guess how many clicks it had? More than 14 million by Thursday. 14 million clicks. Now, normal people would be disgusted by this. People who know what happened on 9-11, but not America's TikTok generation. Here's how some of them reacted to bin Laden's letter. Reading this letter, it becomes apparent to me that the actions of 9-11 and those acts committed against the USA and its people were all just the buildup of our government failing other nations. The way this letter is going viral right now is giving me the greatest sense of relief. If you're Muslim and you've lived in the U.S. since 9-11, you know more truth than the typical citizen. Now she doesn't understand. This person right here, it makes you look bad, all right, because you don't know the history of this man. This man was a monster, okay? That's, that's what he was. He was a terrorist. Okay. Israel's government has done a lot of corrupt things. So has the U.S. government. It doesn't justify what he did. He has killed people. All right. And people will get mad, but he was truly following the Quran. Read it. Read it for yourself. He's doing Muhammad's will. That was his will. Fight the Jew, fight the Christian. All right. Now it's all coming to light because of Palestine. I just read a letter to America. And I will never look at life the same. I will never look at this country the same. I will never... I, I need you to stop what you're doing and go read A Letter to America. It is literally the craziest thing I've read in a while. And while I can't say that I'm that surprised, I am pretty shocked. Just to be clear. Once again, if people actually, you know, these, this new generation comes up, has to really read history. And unfortunately, the new generation is too addicted to apps and social media. It kind of ruined their attention span. So you really have to build it up by reading actual information to find out who Osama bin Laden is and how the United States government has created the very enemies that they fight against and that they push, try to manipulate the masses through lies to fight their wars. Most of these terrorists... United States government, CIA, has created and or funded. Clear. This is completely false. Osama bin Laden did not plot 9-11 for the Palestinian cause. In fact, the Palestinian Authority condemned the attack. Their leader was Yasser Arafat, and he donated blood for the victims of 9-11. But who will tell that to the TikTok generation? They're convinced that bin Laden was right. Now, the propaganda is not surprising. It has existed as long as human history. What's surprising is people believing it so easily. All it takes is a Google search or picking up a book or talking to people. You can easily figure out if something is right or not. Instead, these users blindly believe the video. Example, I mean, I'm sorry, exactly. This generation has come up, is extremely lazy, which sad to say, they're going to probably end up signing up to go to war only to 
lose a limb, lose their mind, and whatever bit of little bit of that mind they have left, they could they'll be able to use it to find out the truth. They'll end up like another bitter, disillusioned veteran that's treated like crap by their government after they've been no use to them. What does TikTok have to say about this? It's not taking, it's now taking down these videos. The hashtag has also been removed. The company says it violates the platform's rules. At the same time, TikTok is also downplaying the whole episode. Listen to what they've said. The number of videos on TikTok is small and reports of it trending on our platform are inaccurate. This is not unique to TikTok and has appeared across multiple platforms and the media. Now, we can understand people pushing propaganda on the platform. TikTok has 1.5 billion users. It's not possible to, to monitor all of it. But when a hashtag gets 14 million clicks, you really have no excuse. They don't care. They want those clicks. They want those views. TikTok is a business, okay? And if it's generating views, is getting people's eyeballs attached to that particular content, they're making money. So they're just putting that out, oh, we'll feel sorry, but we're still gonna make that money somehow. That's just how it is. It should have been removed much earlier. Having said that, TikTok is right about one thing, it's not just them. Every social media platform is guilty here. Take Instagram, for example. Take a look at this video that has gone viral on Instagram. I've seen these Saddam videos on TikTok, okay? And they try to frame it as he was this, this, uh, this bad boy, this guy to look up to, all right? Like one of his, one of his military officers made a joke. This is a light joke. He had that man's tongue cut out, that man's son's tongue cut out, his home demolished, and his female relatives live in poverty. This is the man they have on TikTok, and they try to put him like he's some sort of gangster, like he's somebody you should emulate to be like. Dictators. The entire world is, is no, the world is not missing Saddam Hussein. Saddam Hussein was a monster, especially his two sons. His two sons were monsters. Look into the... The problem is, you know what? Parents, I don't care if, if your kids are teens, you definitely have to, you know, sit them down. Okay? And tell them the truth about 9-11. Tell them the truth about these dictators. Who was Osama bin Laden? Who was Saddam Hussein? All right? Talk to them about who they were and what they've done. All right. Matter of fact, and if your kids are like, you know, becoming 12, you know, reaching 13, start talking to them about history. Talk to them about history before mainstream media and social media starts raising them. Because as you can see with TikTok and these social media apps, they're trying to raise terrorists. They're trying to get recruits. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to recruit. to fill these terrorist ranks. That's what they're trying to do. So this is a recruiting tool. They were trying to recruit now. This video says the world is missing Saddam Hussein. Is it though? This is a man who used chemical weapons on his own people. Yes, he supported Palestine, but that does not justify his crimes against humanity. And for the record, that video has got more than 3 million views. Why do you think this happens? It's impossible to name just one single factor. It's a combination of many. For starters, age. Most of the users sharing this Bin Laden letter are young. They were born after 9-11, meaning they do not have first-hand information. Everything they know is from other sources. In this case, that source happens to be TikTok. 
Secondly, the nature of information sharing. You see, reading a book takes time. Watching a documentary also takes time. So does attending a class. It takes time and effort. But do you know what doesn't? A TikTok video. Most of them are one minute long, 60 seconds. You see and absorb at the same time. You do not bother to cross-check or analyze. Another issue is the algorithm. It is designed to show you things you like or believe. For example, assume you believe that Bigfoot is real. Then social media will flood you with Bigfoot videos, conspiracy theories, sketchy CCTV footage, all kinds of fake stuff. Of course, Bigfoot videos are harmless, but replace that with vaccines or 9-11. Then you have a national crisis. Now we need to change this culture. Users, especially children, must be taught where to source information from, how to verify it, how to analyze it. If not, such TikTok trends will keep popping up. And governments too must take notice. They must force social media giants to take responsibility to fix their algorithms because right now it is hurting people. It's like feeding drugs to people you know are addicts. So action is needed. India, for example, banned TikTok way back in 2020. It was among the first countries to do so. India's reasons were different, but the end goal was the same, to protect its people. And this is not about freedom of expression or opinion. This is about facts. Pretty much, this is about facts. This is about making sure that your child does not end up signing up to be a terrorist over false information. And it just, it, and the terrorist doesn't have to be from a mosque. It could be a white supremacist nationalist group, okay? There was a shooting, a mass shooting in Buffalo. Okay, and that person got a hold of neo-Nazi um, information. Sorry, information. Okay, and that person ended up committing a mass shooting because of information that he lies that he was fed about white supremacy and how other ethnic groups are inferior to his. And this is what is going on. Okay. This is the nonsense that is turning people into monsters because of false information. And this is where I say that TikTok and other social media platforms can be dangerous because they know that the young generation is kind of is lazy. Let's just be honest. They're lazy. And the parents could also be lazy and don't really want to sit down and tell them um, about historical events that they've lived through. And just want to let social media raise the kids and then wonder why your kids are ending up being locked up. They're in hate groups or worse, they lost their lives due to false information. All right. But that's it for now. Anything you want to know about this channel is in the description box. Check out my Patreon channel. Um, and that's about it. Okay. Later. Peace.